Relationship Rewire is made possible by support from its listeners. So please hit pause and go to growinglovenetwork.org and click on the donate button. Go ahead. We'll be glad to wait. Welcome to another episode of Relationship Rewire, where we talk about what's wrong and what's right with marriage and relationships in our world today. This episode is titled, Hope for Sexual Struggles, and was recorded for Pure Sex Radio in November of 2016. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Are you ready to get real and start living each day in purity? This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Pure Sex Radio brings you the best in mobile talk radio. Listen to real life struggles, learn how to overcome lust, pornography, and sex addiction, and get serious about purity. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and we've got a special guest with us, John Anderson. How are you doing? I am doing great. I'm thankful to be here. Awesome. Yeah, John is with uh, Growing Love Network, and he's going to share with us some cool resources for couples and how to deal with the uh, kind of the restoration process in a marriage that's been affected by sexual betrayal. But before we do that... I just want to let you know uh, that we are a listener-supported broadcast. I let you guys know this fairly often, but uh, the reason for that is because the only way that we can continue to do these podcasts is to uh, have generous partners like you come alongside and support us. And, you know, what's amazing is as I was looking over some of the year's uh, listener statistics that we had, you know, we have over 20,000 listeners every week that tune in to this podcast from all around the world. Over a hundred countries, there are listeners that listen to this. And that's truly amazing to me because it just, it means that God is just expanding our reach to be able to help people all around the world to know what it is to live a life of sexual integrity. And so if you'd like to come alongside and partner with us, simply go to puresexradio.com and click on the donate link. So, John, I am so excited that you're here because, you know, we do a lot of uh, a lot of podcasts about relationships and things like that, but I like the fact that we're going to be able to focus really on the marriage relationship, and I think this is going to help a lot of couples out there because there's a lot of couples that are being affected by pornography, mm-hmm. sexual infidelity, mm-hmm. a lot of even, even wounds from their past. I mean, we hear of a lot of couples that um, they have not been sexually intimate for years in their marriage. And it may not be due to a pornography addiction, but it might just be due to there's a lot of uh, abuse from history and just a lot of wounds and and scars. And so we want to just talk in this uh, particular broadcast about how do how does a couple begin to navigate some of those wounds and some of the 
the betrayals that happen. But before we do that, why don't you just let our listeners kind of know about you, about your ministry, and then we might dive into some of these specifics regarding how a marriage can heal. Sure. Well, first of all, something about me is uh, I noticed that Jonathan already notices about me. When I came in and noticed the microphone was set a good foot lower than his, so I'm, <laughs> I'm altitudinally challenged. Yeah. Um, I, ha- I have been married to my wonderful wife, Joanna, for a little over, well, 31 and a half years now, and we have three grown children that we are very proud of and excited. Mm-hmm. We've got one uh, son-in-law and, a, and now a grand dog-in-law. Uh, oh, well, I guess nice. no, it's not in law. It's, it's both my daughters too. Uh, I have a, a ministry called Growing Love Network, and we work with marriages. And we do probably the biggest piece of what we do is is uh, in um, intensive workshops, three day, uh, all day for three days, intensive workshops for hurting marriages mm-hmm. and failing marriages. And we have a lot of couples that come that are already divorced, and um, many that have already. Uh, signed up for divorce, but we also have a lot of couples. We've actually have couples that are engaged now and then come mm. to those, and uh, because we started realizing so many people that would go through that workshop, uh, been married for years and years, and they're like, "Why didn't we know all this? Uh, why didn't we go through something like this right, exactly. before we before we even got married?" And so it's not just uh, so many people think of it as just for crisis marriages. Really, any marriage is going to benefit greatly from this, and usually we have. We have a fairly healthy couple at one of those that just understands we got to to be healthy. We we got to keep growing, and to have a good marriage, we got to keep growing. So, mm-hmm. so uh, any it's it's great for any couples, but most of them that come are, are hurting pretty badly. So let's talk about those couples that are hurting pretty badly. Okay, and, and I mean, there's any number of of um, causes to the, those marital fractures, but we're really going to be focusing on the sexual element. So sure. let's say. You know, you get couples that run the gamut. We've got listeners out there that, okay, wives have just discovered their husband's porn problem, or even a husband's discovered his wife has cheated, or just whatever the case may be. There's been some kind of a sexual betrayal, some kind of a sexual brokenness Mm -hmm. in that relationship. When that is discovered, and when a couple realizes something has got to change, something's got to be done about that, what would be maybe your first piece of advice of saying, okay, here's sort of the first um, stage that you need to step into. Maybe here's the first direction that you need to take. What would you say to that hurting couple out there that is saying, we don't know what to do. All we know is there's this big mess related to sexual betrayal in our marriage. So John, what do we do? (laughs) Yes. uh, Probably every time when we finish, you know, we have a few people that stay around after we're all done and after everybody's left that that uh, have a big burning, how are we going to get past this big mm-hmm. hurdle? And and specifically, most often, it's, you know, we have not been sexual with each other for sometimes years, but, you know, usually at least weeks or months. And how do we get back into that? And one of the one piece of that is that uh, if it's, especially if it includes sexual infidelity, whether that's with another person or with pornography or... Um, there is often this concern that I am, you know, if the, for the person who's been in the involved in that, that that there's this piece of me, this biology and probably, you know, and neurology that how am I going to live without that? I've got to have that 
mm-hmm. rush or what that feeling. And um, so, first of all, you know, part of dealing with that is, you know, you're this rush that you're feeling. You're you're coming to me because you like the rush, but you obviously don't like the feeling after, <laughs> right? And you know, so you got to have have a whole different mindset. And I, and I was just listening to uh, you on the way over here, one of your podcasts with um, uh, Steve Cervantes, and you guys were talking about this very issue. You've got to start wanting something different. So mm-hmm. uh, Steve was talking about saying to yourself, uh, "I don't want to." You you think that you have to have these things that you want, mm-hmm. but we all live without things that we want, and we live peacefully and joyfully. It, it, you know, once we decide, you know, I don't have to have that to mm-hmm. to be at peace and joy with with myself. Is your marriage getting worse instead of better? Has there been talk of separation, or is either spouse considering divorce? If any of these apply, then Love Reboot is your answer. Come join the hundreds of couples who were once in despair and headed for divorce, but are now experiencing a thriving, growing relationship after attending a Love Reboot weekend. Visit us at growinglovenetwork.org for more information on an upcoming Love Reboot workshop. Hello, this is Max Locato. You're listening to Relationship Rewire. So that mindset, first of all, has got to shift some. That you're gonna you're gonna look forward to something that's way better than that rush that you mm-hmm. have. And we could go all into that. I don't, you know, but, but another piece though is. You know, part of what you're missing out in the whole experience of sex is you're just focused on, uh, well, this is Pure Sex Radio. We can be pretty open here. You're for, focused on the point leading up to and including the orgasm. Mm-hmm. And you're you're telling me, you know, you feel rotten afterwards when you're doing that in a way that's not designed by God. You You don't like that feeling. So you're talking about, Tops thirty minutes out of every, you know, out of every, uh, every few days at the most, probably more like once a week or something. But your, the rest of the of your time, is where you feel rotten. Mm-hmm. So you're trading, you're trading all the rest of your time for this uh, this rotten feeling for this few moments of ecstatic feeling. Start thinking about what you really want. You want the rest of that time to feel wonderful. Once you're focused on the rest of that time feeling wonderful and building that relationship with your spouse, then, you know, you're going to have, it's going to be awkward in times and, and it's not going to be mind-blowing sex all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes there's not going to be sex when you want it. But you're going to be wading now into a stream that you've probably never had with your spouse, which is doing sex the way that God designed. And God, by the way, I really believe he designed it to be pretty fantastic mm-hmm. and exciting. In fact, uh, many of the couples, well, there's been several reports that the couples who experience the most fulfilling and exciting sex lives are in their 70s, mm-hmm. been married for 35, 40 years. So, yeah. So that's something to look forward to. Well, that- I think, too, I think one of the things that um, sometimes to put the the 
drastic nature of this change that has to happen. Because you're right, this whole th- idea of the way a person thinks has to change. And and yet sometimes the resistance that people have to that is they say, listen, I, I this is all I've known. I mean, I, I, I've just, pornography has been my outlet or just, you know, being sexually promiscuous or whatever. That's just been my outlet. And sometimes they don't make the connect to the woundedness. They don't make the connect connection to the patterns that were established long ago. And sometimes you have to put then, don't you think you sometimes have to put it into a different context to get somebody to understand what we're actually talking about here in terms of kind of change that has to happen? I'll give you an example. Um, If you went to your doctor and your doctor said, John, listen, your cholesterol is through the roof. There are going to have to be some significant changes to how you engage food, how you engage exercise, how you engage, you know, certain supplements that you need to, you're going to have to make some drastic changes. Now, isn't it interesting that when a doctor tells you that, because in a very real way, your life can be on the line, Mm -hmm. that you will engage those changes with a different perspective because you'll realize, well, do I want to be around here for my kids and my wife and just my life? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we have to say, did you know that's the very same perspective that you may need to take on your sexuality and how you are are fracturing your marriage and your relationships and even your own health because you got to make some drastic changes because your life is on the line. Yes. And so sometimes just a, a change in context, don't you think, can help people get the seriousness of what they're dealing with in their relationship? Oh, yeah. And, you know, you and I probably both dealt with people who— maybe even ourselves with doctors where certain things we just know that we continue to do that aren't healthy mm-hmm. and and we know the other side of it but we just we're not willing to let go of whatever it is you know not, and that's why i think even with the example of the doctor it doesn't mean that you all of, all of a sudden go home and you say well guess what i'm done with cheeseburgers isn't that wasn't that easy right no it's actually the the thing is is the the seriousness of the ongoing consequences causes you to pause long enough to say do i want to truly make these changes because there are serious consequences if i don't mm-hmm. and that's what i think sometimes couples don't think of the, the husband's not thinking of when he's looking at pornography or the wife is you know uh, acting out sexually they're not thinking of it in those terms, that there are very real and serious ramifications, not only to my relationship, but to me personally. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like what you were talking about, those 23 and a half other hours of the day that are essentially lived in this cloud of misery, mm-hmm. when in fact, if they made some fundamental changes, there could be a whole different kind of experience to those hours in the day. Yes. Yeah, so it's uh, you know if you're at those crossroads where you're where really you're talking about at a crossroads of decision, am I going mm-hmm. to decide to do what it takes to enjoy the full life, or am I going to cling to the comfort of my miserable mm-hmm. present life? <laughs> and uh, you, it's it's a matter of making that decision. But you know, I think one of the things that happens is people they they tend to look so far down the line of what if I'm feeling like I feel today for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Do I do I want to go? You know, so using your analogy, what if I stop eating 
cheeseburgers and a big plate of greasy fries every day for lunch that I just look forward to so much all morning. Mm-hmm. And, and am I still, they think 10 years from now, I'm still going to be craving that cheeseburger and fries. So, you know, I, I try to help couples not, let's don't, or individuals even, let's don't look 10 years down the road to how you feel right now. Let's look at, let's go a week and just, just try it for a week. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about how you feel. Yeah. And, and, you know, hands down, if they make that decision, I, it, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this and trust that God's going to show me something different. And, and almost if they make that decision almost, you know, every t- single time, then they get that far down the road and they go, Oh, I want to go another week. And then a year later, they look back on it and go, wow, I'm living such a much more wonderful life than I did back then. Yeah, I have I have guys, especially when I do when I do our three day workshop for men, when I tell them that one of the things that uh, can and will change when you go on this journey of pursuing greater integrity is that over time your desires will change. Yes, yes. And I mean, I even, I even put it this way: your desires will improve. Mm-hmm. They look at me with blank stares. Mm-hmm. Because of exactly what you're talking about. They're going, listen, no, I'm feeling what I'm feeling right now. Mm-hmm. And I can't even imagine a life without the urges that are controlling me. Right. And so I think it's great advice to say, let's start taking this in small chunks. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, depending on just how deep the problem is, let's look at it in a matter of hours. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just take the next few hours and make some good decisions. And then we'll we'll evaluate the next few hours after that and the next few hours. Because... Life does become kind of a tunnel vision when you're in that mode of of cyclical sin and brokenness. But let's talk about that couple because I want to get um, I want to get practical for the couples out there. Let's sure. talk about that couple that has said, okay, there has been sexual brokenness in our marriage. There's been betrayal, but you know what? We even though it's painful, we want to work on this. We want to make this work. Mm-hmm. What do those couples need to do? To make it work, yes. What are the things that they need to do to to restore what has been broken? Mm-hmm. Boy, there's there's a lot in this, but there's just one thing that really jumps out at me is is a good starting place. Um, and I'm gonna when you say couples, I know we're you know how we're thinking. That's how we all think. But I'm gonna shift a little bit here. I'm gonna I'm gonna say individuals because mm-hmm. really the couple can't really do anything that each individual has to. And so yeah. each person has a different role in this. And, um, you know, to get, what Joanne and I say is to get the life you really want, you've got to put boundaries on yourself. In fact, that's what maturity is. Mm-hmm. That's what growing up is, is learning how to put healthy boundaries on yourself so that others don't have to. And, um, when early on, and I've I've talked w- about you with this on my, my podcast, uh, I was just sinking deeper and deeper into pornography early in our marriage, because you know I thought getting married was going to, I, I was in, involved in it before that, and I thought getting married was going to solve all that, mm-hmm. and it didn't, and uh, um, and so I was hoping that, you know, my married sexual life was going to immediately fulfill all of my sexual fantasies and keep me always, you know, but it didn't. Yeah. And so then I got deeper and deeper into pornography. And, but as I got deeper and deeper into it, uh, Joanna would catch me mm-hmm. more and more. And it was very hurtful to her. And I didn't like myself, but I didn't know how to stop. 
what I needed at that time was I needed different boundaries. Mm-hmm. And um, what was happening is Joanna was trying, she saw me as incapable of, ha- of putting boundaries on myself. So she believed that she needed to put those boundaries on me. And in trying to put the boundaries on me, really what happened was I just went further into darkness. Mm-hmm. And if she was here right now, she would be telling you this instead of me, that she realized I can't put boundaries on John. The best thing I can do is look for where do I need better boundaries in my own life. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about boundaries against other people so much, but boundaries that keep me living the life I really want to live. Yeah. And so um, as she started focusing on setting boundaries that helped me feel better about our relationship, I started going, oh, I need to do the same for me. And uh, I was actually listening to a, a, f- a famous uh, minister and author in church one day telling thousands of people that when he goes on uh, out of town, which he does quite a bit when he's going to be staying in a hotel, his wife um, goes with him. If she can't, his uh, manager goes with him, and they share a room. They get their own beds, obviously, but mm-hmm. they share a room. And if his those two can't go with him, then his manager calls ahead, who makes the arrangements for the hotel, and says, "Are there? Do you have pay per view, you know, adult channels there in, in available?" And if they say yes, he says, "Can they be uh, disconnected or, or disabled? Disabled, yeah. so he can't." have access to him. If they say no, then he say, then he'll ask, well, then can the TV be removed before it gets there? And if they mm-hmm. won't accommodate that, he finds another. When he was saying this um, in church, I was like, oh, no, no, these people are going to think you're a perv. Why? You should. As I was walking out through the foyer that day, I was hearing a lot of wives saying, I've always respected him, but his respect just went up for me. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, maybe I can do this with Joanna. So I went home and said to her, what if I started doing that? And I was just cringing, thinking, see, you're finally admitting that you're a pervert who needs help. But actually what happened is her trust just went up several notches Mm -hmm. with me. And uh, so much so that after a couple of years of that, she said, you know what? My trust has risen with you so much that I, I, you don't need to let me know every time you've done that. I, I, I know you're going to do the right thing. So that a big piece of building that trust is setting some boundaries, not just for, not just for what I need to, to keep me from going where I, I don't want to really go in, in the first place, but boundaries. some of the boundaries I set for the sake of the relationship. So in other words, I don't necessarily feel like I need this boundary, but I know it mm-hmm. makes my, my spouse helps them to trust me more. Well, you know, it's interesting as you're saying that there's two things that are coming to mind to me. One is is that uh, isn't it interesting that one of the one of the fruits of the spirit is self control, mm-hmm. and I that kept resonating in my mind when you're talking about listen a a a, a relationship a couple is comprised of two individuals, mm-hmm. and when you recognize that uh, you can't control the other person, Mm -hmm. but that you can have self-control in the sense of saying, what do I need to do here that will um, be healthy for me and and also be healthy for the relationship, but recognizing that it really ends with what I can do in my corner, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It's like, I I can only control me. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that came to my mind was that um, we are to 
speak the truth in love. We are to do things that are for the good. We are not to cause another to stumble. Mm -hmm. So even in the imposing of self-control, imposing of these boundaries on myself, I'm not doing it in some kind of self-righteous way to rub my spouse's nose in it. Mm -hmm. Like your wife wasn't discovering, oh, guess what? I can't impose boundaries on him because that only causes him to you know scurry into the dark even further right but as but I can begin to say you know what I've got certain lines that I'm going to draw around myself for my own health mm-hmm. but not in a way to be superior to you not in a way yes. that says see I'm better than you I'm not as you know messed up as you are so yeah. I think there's a balance between those two yes you're exactly right if we are doing the boundaries to to try to manipulate the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, that's going to backfire. They're going to see through it. Joanne and I, it, we encourage couples to do what we do is we, uh, we, this is a regular conversation, you know, four or five times a year. Hey, do you see any, we're, we call it inviting your spouse in. Do you see any places where I could use some boundaries that would help me or help our relationship? And um, we also have an understanding that when, if I invite Joanna in, I'm not expecting then for her to ask me the same question that moment, if and vice versa. So um, we're just doing one person at a time. So um, I'm inviting her in, and then in the inviting her in, she might come back a few days later, a few weeks later, and say, hey, do you see a place where I could? So we're inviting each other in to each other's life. and mm-hmm. But we also understand when you're invited in, it's a one time invitation. That doesn't mean you can come back the next day and and say, oh, and here's some other things. Uh, It's kind of like, you know, if somebody invites you over for dinner as a couple and you have a great time and and they say, oh, we had enjoyed it so much. And, you know, we did too. You come back anytime. You don't show up the next day and say, we're here. (laughs) You know, you wait for that invitation. Mm -hmm. And and that waiting also builds trust too. It lets the, the other person know you're not trying to push yourself into their boundaries. You know, another thing, though, you were talking about, about that changing of the mind. Before I had these different boundaries, these stronger boundaries that I needed in certain areas of my life, I was convinced that this was something that I was going to be dealing with the rest of my life, that, I, mm-hmm. that I'm just a um, good old Amer- red-blooded American male that will always lust every seven seconds. Um, and part of the reason for that is because I was always Although I had some weak boundaries, I I was staying technically on my side of the boundaries, but I was always feeding my senses with what's on the other side. So that was building the way I thought. When I had those boundaries, it it, it kind of helped me lead lead me back into the middle of our relationship, and where I'm spending my time nurturing that instead of nurturing instead of mm-hmm. feeding my lusts, nurturing that. And I got to the point where a few years later, I look back and I go. I don't, I don't have, but a small percentage of the those thoughts and feelings that I had back then. And then over time, it was like this is where I want to be all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what pulls me now. And you know, I think part of that is recognizing the difference between uh, our our lust will always say not enough, mm-hmm. but love will always lead us to a place of. Enough. Mm-hmm. You're full. Mm-hmm. And I love the way uh, S- Stephen has told me this so many times over the years that it's been ingrained into my head, and I think it's a great time to restate it. He says, sometimes repeating these four lines 
will help you not only personally, but it will also help you in your relationship. And it's simply this. My God is enough. My wife is enough or my husband is enough. Mm-hmm. I have enough. Mm-hmm. I am content. I like that. So the idea is when you when you point when lust is pointing your mind towards all these things that never fulfill, they never ultimately satisfy, you're constantly craving. Mm-hmm. But when you point your attention and your mind and your heart towards that which can satisfy, which is the fullness of love, mm-hmm. then you recognize that I am actually content. I am full. I don't need to keep chasing all those things. And I think that goes a long way for restoring those relationships because you realize all these things that I was trying to do over here to bring the extra adventure or excitement or whatever, they're just completely empty ventures. Mm-hmm. And that it starts to expose, you know, some of the lies, too, that you've been living under. Mm-hmm. You were never content. Yeah. And you never would have been content in that old life. You'll never have all your sexual desires fulfilled. You'll never feel like you're getting all you want whenever you want. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lie to chase that anyway. You're you're chasing it. You're listening to a lie. And uh, another thing is, you know, that that full life also happens when you don't you quit telling yourself the lie that I need a secret life. Right. Uh, one of the things that freed me up the most is just when I just made the decision, Joanna, you have access to my whole life anytime mm-hmm. you want. And so that was actually one of the boundaries. You you have full access to my phone, my computer, uh, and anytime mm-hmm. you want. And what's interesting about that, when I did that too, her trust went up, and she never checked my computer and my phone. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because she she trusts me now. Well, we've got about a minute left, and I want to I want you to let people know how they can get access to your ministry, Love Reboot. How can people connect with the resources that you guys have? Sure. Um, don't want to pull any of your podcast listeners away, but we know podcast listeners, are, they, they can't get enough anyway. So we have a podcast called Relationship Rewire. In fact, thank you, Jonathan, you helped me get that going. Mm-hmm. Relationship Rewire, where we talk about what's wrong and what's right with marriage and relationships in, in our world today. And that's on iTunes or at our website, growinglovenetwork.org. And that's also where you can get information about the Love Reboot uh, Mm -hmm. conference and seminar. And I strongly encourage you, if you are struggling in your marriage, or like you said, if if you're about to get married or you're wanting to work on those relationship things, I strongly Mm -hmm. encourage you to check out Love Reboot. We'll have that information on our website as well. Uh, Thank you, John, for being with us. Appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. This is a great time. Yeah, and listeners, thank you also for being with us, and we look forward to having you back here next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Relationship Rewire is produced by Growing Love Network. Growing Love Network exists to revolutionize our culture for lifelong love. You can find us on the web at growinglovenetwork.org. We welcome your feedback on this and any of our podcasts. Drop us an email at relationshiprewire at gmail.com. That's relationshiprewire at gmail.com.
Is your church or organization looking for a course that doesn't just provide information, but actually transforms marriages and relationships? Then visit us at growinglovenetwork.org to see how our Growing Love course can work for you. Growing Love has been chosen by the state of Texas as a Together in Texas course, and it's also recommended for engaged couples.